When photographer David Cook started taking pictures of his neighbours in a Hamilton East State housing suburb back in the 1990s, nobody realised that he was effectively documenting the end of an era. Well, the 90s don't seem that long ago. In some ways, it's another world. What was once affordable housing is no longer, and the neighbourhood is very different to the characters and chaos David documented back then. 44 of the thousands of photographs he took are about to go on show at the New Zealand Portrait Gallery and in a book. Both are called Jellicoe and Bledisloe, after two of the suburb's street names. We have some of his images on our webpage rnz.co.nz slash standingroomonly. David, who's now a lecturer based at Massey University in Wellington, is trying to track down some of the people he photographed. I asked him about his family time on Hamilton's east side. Yeah, we moved into that suburb in the 90s, my wife and I. It was the first home we bought, and it was a state housing suburb, and it was you know, a mix of people who were tenants, state housing tenants, and um, houses that were being sold by the state because it was in the midst of the um, Bolger era when there was a, you know, a lot of state housing was being sold off. So we moved into this place, and the real estate agent said, look, you won't be sorry, this place is going to take off. So we moved and we, we really loved the place. It was um, lively. It was a lot of young families. It was built around the curve of the, the Waikato River and a great place to raise a family. When you started to take your camera out and take photographs, what was your approach? Were you flying the wall as a photographer or because you knew your neighbours? Did you have a chat to them? Were you slightly trying to you know pose the photograph well, so you get the good shot? So my approach is to get to know people. You know, when we moved in there, I didn't know, hey, here I'm sitting on a photography project. You know, I was um, working as a museum photographer, doing a lot of editorial work, and I was um, getting really stuck with my creative work, doing lots of predictable stuff. But I saw right in my backyard this myriad of beautiful things going on in this neighbourhood, and I thought, I'm raising a young family. I can't really go travelling a long distance, but... Here, right in this space, is um, a lively neighbourhood of um, Māori, Pākehā, um, a great mix. And, and so I started taking my camera out and trying re- reinventing the way I was making images. So I tried to do something a lot more lively, working with um, colour, with flash, with getting in close to people. So it was a matter of getting to know people. It was never fly on the wall. It was... go across the fence to my neighbours and find out what's going on and just sitting in the lounge with people and um, I think all my projects are like that. It's it's about that relational thing which takes time. Some of those things that just uh, take you by surprise like late at night we'd hear some loud music and Chrissy would say go out and see what's happening. So I turn around the corner and a whole lot of people are having a sort of 21st improvised bogan birthday party so they say come and have a drink and join us so I come back with my camera and just spend time there photographing people drinking Waikato draft and or or, or just down the road we had this swimming hole in the summer it was the best swimming hole on the entire Waikato River at, at Wellington Street Beach so we'd go there and I'd immerse myself up to my waist in the river with my camera at hand, photographing people jumping into the river, or it would just be walking down the street at night and seeing somebody's big velveteen Elvis posters hanging in the living room wall and, and going nervously knocking on the door saying, can I come in and, 
and I'm really interested in Elvis. So I go in and meet these people and meet Morris and Annie and um, all these kind of things just were there and available. It's about paying attention to the place that I'm living in. Well, another couple of the um, the images, if I could get you to describe them, that you've selected, just 44 out of these thousands. But if you can give us a feeling for a, a couple of the um, the pictures that we'll see. I was around at the 1993 election that uh, National, the Bolger government, took. And I'm in this um, bedroom. There's a couple of people lying on this double bed and another guy on a sofa watching the election come through. And that's a great little moment. There's a lot of television going on in these photographs. Another image where some children in the local neighbourhood have adapted their garage and turned it into their sort of headquarters and they've put posters up and a punching bag and some places they can play cards. And these are the kind of places I wanted to investigate. I've got to say that I mean, it's very hard to see anything without that kind of lens of the pandemic in the last couple of years. And just to see people, you know, your neighbours living life really outside. I mean, fixing their cars outside, or, you know, socialising. These are things also that um, we've missed in the last couple of years. And, I, you know, when you look at the, the images, it, it feels like a different time in so many ways. Yeah, it is. It's uh, a time just before the internet and mobile phones and there are a lot of televisions around, people talking on phones with long, curly cables and kids playing out on the street and playing cards and people fixing their cars in the front yards. It's, um, that's the kind of place I see in, in the photographs and the exhibition and book that we're launching soon. And that mix of, you know, people have just bought their first home and we know at the moment that's nigh on impossible for so many couples, particularly young couples, or even that security of having a long-time um, state house. And again, that's something that's that's eroded. This is another force along with gentrification that's taken such a, a, a toll on the state housing suburbs. Yeah, yeah. And I've for a long term and long time in my photography paid attention to what's going on in communities and housing and, you know, a current project which is looking at um, high density social housing. So, yeah, that's always been a kind of focus and concern of mine about, you know, what makes good communities? What what do they look like? What do they feel like? And, and, and you know, what we have to do as a culture to support good communities. One thing that really strikes you about your work is colour. I mean, you know, a lot of our photographers have done really moody, beautiful work in black and white, but it sounds to me like it had to be colour for this because that was part of what the experience was like living in the suburb. Absolutely. Yeah, and I used kind of medium format camera with a, with a flash on the front of it too to make things even more vibrant. I wanted things to pop out. I didn't want to create some subdued kind of portraiture so they're kind of lively images of things just about to explode or fall over or things happening you know that's the kind of thing that I wanted to get that kind of energy in my work. David what made this the the right time for you to revisit the photographs that you took at that time and not only create an exhibition here but also a book? Yeah, it's, it's the 90s. You know, those photographs had some immediacy at the time and then after a few years they become dated. But if you wait sort of 25, 30 years, then they become interesting again. And I think it's because you can sit back and reflect on who you are 
now in relation to who we were then. So there's a lot of things to reflect on. So I think it's that kind of reflective element of um, of photography that is offered in that book and the exhibition. Did you take hundreds, many hundreds of photographs when you started looking through them? How many did you have? Oh, look, I had thousands of them. And, you know, I, I made these images in the 90s thinking that it would be a much bigger thing, but because I don't think I could afford to print a lot of them, we were raising a little family, I, they just sat in a box for a long time. So I think it's like keeping them in a cellar, and now they've matured, and um, they've come to, to light again. And thanks to the New Zealand Portrait Gallery having some faith in this project, we've managed to put together a really big, vibrant show with some enormous prints, some of them, um, you know, three metres wide, and... Um, they, you really feel like you're in the space, in the living rooms. You can just see the detail. You can you can really be present. I mean, these are all treasures, and these are all personal too. You know, these are these are moments from your life. Um, I imagine that it must must have been quite quite a process going through them. It was a process, and it was a process where I, I went back to the neighbourhood more recently to see if I, any of the place existed the way I remembered it and the street names are there and the and the houses are there but I couldn't find one person who was still there so yeah it really struck a chord with me about how quickly things can change and turn over. More recently I got in touch with my friend Wiramu Puke who's um, Ngāti Wairiri and that's his land and we, we walked through that area and talked about it and and I realised a whole lot of aspects of the whenua that I didn't know when I was there because the streets were named after governor-generals. But um, it has uh, a really strong history with um, a pa and um, a, a waka landing site. And, you know, it has a lot of um, tainui significance that goes well before. It's not commemorated in the street signs or anything there that I've only just become aware of. Again, when you were walking through the suburb that you had known so well, you mentioned that the houses are there, but have they been adapted, extended, renovated? It feels reasonably similar because the the City Council put a heritage order on the place and you really can't change the look and feel of places from the street, at least. I believe a lot of them have extended out the back, but it's one of those almost totally intact state housing suburbs that's really worth visiting and looking at in in Hamilton East. I imagine, though, you're not having the backyard mechanics and that hustle and bustle, again, because of the times in which we live, you know, the life lived outside that you were documenting. No, there used to be a lot of music on the street and children playing out on the street, literally on the street. And I go back now, it seems so quiet and uh, so few people around. It's shifted an awful lot. David, are there any people that you have come across their images in your collection that you would really love to be able to either connect with or find out what happened to them? Oh, yeah, we've been trying to hunt people down because, you know, it's it's a long time ago and I I didn't have many of the contacts still intact. So, yeah, we've been trying to reach out through Facebook and various means. But I'd love to... There's a couple of girls who are climbing up this tree looking over the streetscape. I'd love to know who they are or let them know about the show and some of the the, um, people who are um, at the party scenes and... um, 
yeah, I'd love to reconnect with those neighbours again. David Cook, Jellicoe and Bledisloe, Hamilton in the 90s, opens on Wednesday at the New Zealand Portrait Gallery in Wellington and will then head to Waikato Museum. And maybe you can help David out with his search for some of the people he photographed back in the 90s.